open to Psalm 75, we're going to pick up uh, where we had been talking about every one of these messages have kind of been standalone, uh, but they've all been talking about promotion or moving up or moving into new things or moving into higher places in God. So we've approached this, I believe, by God in different ways to help people, you know, maybe understand where you're at. You know, we've said some real different things uh, as we've gone through this and looked at promotion in different ways. And we, you know, one thing that comes to mind is when we go from one place to another place that's bigger, small thinking doesn't always fit in a bigger place. So you have to expand your thinking. Some thinking in a smaller place does not fit in a bigger place. It just doesn't fill out correctly. And so God has all the wisdom, all the understanding. There's books out there that have tapped wisdom that I believe come from God. And they may be even in the secular world and can give us some wisdom, some understanding. We even said this uh, one service in getting a new mindset when you're transitioning uh, into higher places and bigger places, sometimes you have to be careful about your attitude in this aspect. When you start expanding internally, you will start seeing things differently than you saw them before. And if you're not careful, uh, you might... Uh, become judgmental. In other words, why do they do it this way? They should do it this way. Why are they doing this instead of like this? It would be more efficient. And if you're not careful, you might start thinking, what's the problem with these people? And really what it is, is God may be expanding you inside, and it's not an issue of... Uh, all of a sudden somebody is doing something wrong, it might just be the very fact that you're expanding internally, starting to see things you never saw before that would help you to lead and be more effective in a higher place. You get what I'm saying? In other words, you're seeing things that were there maybe the whole time, but all of a sudden you have a different perspective because you're growing in God, growing in things, and all of a sudden you're spotting things thinking, well, if they did this, it'd be more effective. And if they did this, what's their problem? No, it's not a problem. It might be a blessing that you're beginning to see something uh, to help you become effective in a place. Amen? And uh, that was a little strong kick right as we came in the door, right? But it's such a true thing. You know, when we raise kids, as we get older and raise the kids further, don't we look back and think, man, if I only knew this when I first started, right? We apologize to our firstborn when we're on our fifthborn, Sorry for how we did you. Less sorry for the second, a little less for the third, and we're doing better on the fourth and fifth, but by then you have grandkids, right? You know what I mean? And then you're out of the business. Now you just spoil them. No. And, um, but isn't it true, though, as we grow, uh, we see things different? But see, wisdom can come to us through time, but it can come to us in God in a short period of time. And, and when it does, our perspective changes. 
our view changes. And so we've talked about all different things about how to move in, what it looks like, different things that occur. And today I want to talk about promotion or entering in, because if you say promote, sometimes people think, well, that has to do with the job, and it could be, but really just moving up into greater things, greater areas of relationship with God, greater relationship with one another, greater relationships at work, meaning, you know, even a promotion or, or whatever it is, just wisdom to do things better and to... Uh, have an elevated life, if you might say that, and it, in affecting everything. And we talked about entering into new relationships. Uh, the last time I shared entering into different things, this is very connected. But through our relationship, if you will, turn to Psalm, the 75th chapter, and we'll begin here. Through our relationship with God, there is an interesting dynamic uh, that how would you say this, that could easily be overlooked, but in our relationship with God, I mean just a, not a, a ritual, not, not works, but like just we got something going on, you know? You know, we talk and we hang out and, you know, it's not just a bunch of rules and, and I look at his book and he deals with me out of his book and he deals with me. You know, the Bible said this, be careful about hanging around with an angry man, lest you learn of his ways and get a snare or a trap in your mind. In other words, he said, you know, watch out who you hang out with. If somebody's got a real temper thing going on, you could actually get that into your own life. And then you would start functioning that way. Well, to me... You know, you could look at that as a negative, or you could look at that as a positive. That, depending on who you hang out with, they could influence you a certain way. Who's the biggest, the wisest, the strongest, knows everything, who's phenomenal beyond belief? I mean, God. So, instead of getting a snare to your soul, what if you hung out with the one who has wisdom that can play chess, you know, 50 moves ahead or a thousand moves ahead, you, you, he sees beyond. What if you hang out with somebody like that who's kind beyond belief, patient beyond belief, knows business inside and out, you know, he, he knows what's going to happen in the future. And if you start hanging around with that and hanging around with him, there's bound to have some stuff wear off and start tweaking us, so to speak. And um, so in our relationship with God, there is a, a reward beyond measure that can happen when we just have a genuine uh, a relationship with God. Not, not some rules and not trying to, well, am I pleasing him? Am I perfect? But just a responsive relationship with God where I'm not trying to figure every rule out, but I'm just, when he deals with me, I go with it. You know what I mean? As he shapes my mind and that takes time through his word and his dealings, then I will just be transformed. Are you with me? 
but this whole interaction has to do with uh, fellowship. There's a, a term, uh, back in the 70s and 80s, uh, you would hear it a lot, koinonia, you know. There were churches called Koinonia Fellowship. There was a music group called Koinonia, and because it was cool, man. And you're like, well, what's Koinonia? Well, it's what you should know. It literally means fellowship, but not like, you know, hey, what are you doing after church? You want to have some fellowship? Let's go to the donut shop. You know, let's have a cup of coffee, um, you know, and, and we'll fellowship. Koinonia is really a profound word of uh, it, it would be like this. One of the meanings is to contribute or distribute, like a distribution center, where you would go there and get something from it. And if you were like an ice cream truck, you'd go to the main center and get ice creams from them, and then you'd go through the neighborhood and distribute. And it literally means to contribute, to distribute, there's this interaction where things are exchanged. And in our walk with God, there are things that are exchanged. We end up with things. And when we are hanging out with Him, there's just stuff because we're hanging out, whether we know it or not, that's getting into our lives, that when we leave those times with God, so to speak, uh, of koinonia or distribution, or literally one is to contribute, it's just getting into us. When we leave, we get to give something away that we have. And there is something enriching about God in his dynamic of who he is. He, he's the one who foresees, lays up in store for us. He's got your best interest. I mean, if you think about it, and, and he has your best interest at heart, you hang out with him, and all of a sudden, you're going to start having other people's best interest at heart. Because that's just how he is. And there will be such a transformation. And he'll, he makes decisions based on so many factors, and we'll start making decisions on so many wise factors, you know, and knowing things. Like, you know, the Bible said... He predestined us according to his foreknowledge. Not that he pre-chose, he pre-chose everybody, but he knows things in the future, so he uh, gave people gifts and abilities based on his foreknowledge, not his uh, foreordination to do something and make something happen. You might say, what did you just say? We'll go back and listen to it again and you'll get it. You, you know what I mean? Meaning this, he can see decisions, see certain things, see certain characteristics, and he puts gifts in all of us because of how he sees. And if he sees that way and we hang out with him, we're going to start seeing different. And uh, he just lives a life of comfort. He lives a life of peace. We hang out with him, we'll start living a life of comfort and peace. Things will begin to affect us. So, uh, let's get into the first verse. Good. Psalm 75, verse, uh, we'll begin in verse 6. Psalm 75, verse 6. For exaltation, or the King James reads promotion, comes uh, 
neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God, from God. It comes from God, the judge, who puts down one and exalts another. Notice promotion comes from God. God wants to promote people. God wants to move people up in their lives. And he is in the business of doing that. Turn to Psalm 84, just maybe a page or two back, and it says this, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. Literally, he's our protection. Aren't you glad God is watching out for us to protect us? It says, the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing. No good thing. How many good things? Not one good thing. Not one good thing. Think of good things and there's not one good thing that he will withhold from those who walk uprightly or literally just with a whole heart, just live in a relationship with God. He said there's no good thing that he will withhold from us. Then you need to find out what good things are. Some people tell people that money is evil. And money is not it's kind of a neutral. It's not a positive or a negative, so to speak. It probably leans toward a positive because it really is determined how you use it. But money is not a bad thing. The Bible said when God created the earth, when he saw the gold that was in the garden, he said he saw the gold and it was good. Money is not a bad thing. And so sometimes people might think, well, maybe he's withholding this, or maybe he's withholding healing from me. The Bible said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and making everybody around him sick. No, he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So he said, if we'll just have a genuine walk and really go for it with him... He said he won't withhold any good thing to the head. <laughs> any good thing. So any good thing means any good thing. So, but here's the thing. What is our pursuit? Our relationship with God is a huge factor in uh, having things change in our own lives, but then having things change around us. Most people know uh, Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. Everything that the world is pursuing for satisfaction, for fulfillment, and a number of the things had to do with like money and relationships and whatever else, he said they will be added to you. Isn't it sound similar? There isn't one good thing. Isn't a good relationship better than a bad relationship? He said he won't withhold any good thing from you if you'll just walk with him. And just go with him. Matthew 6.33, he said the same type of thing. He said the world is pursuing these things, and they are obtaining some things, but there's a way to do it with me, 
And he said, seek me first, and I will make sure you get these things in your life. In other words, I can pursue the things and get them, or I can pursue him and get them. And if I pursue him and get them, there's another dynamic to it. Are you with me? There is another dynamic to it. Look at this. Um, Well, the Bible tells us this, that when the Lord makes rich, he adds no sorrow. But when the world makes themselves rich, often there is sorrow with it. You know, you hear about people in the world who get riches, get promoted, get different things, and they live a life of sorrow. That is not God's design. When we put Him first, He wants to get us what they're pursuing, but He wants to get it to you where it's not causing harm and damage and uh, an emptiness inside. Because when God promotes, He's not just trying to get something or get you a better position. He's actually affecting you for where you're going to be and for where you are. That's huge. Because right now we're, we have one of those big lottery things again. And, uh, you know, it's around a billion dollars. We've all imagined winning. I was wondering who has. But we think, oh, what will this do to my life? All it will do is bring something external. You know, I mean, a better home, but it won't change our heart. It won't change our mind. It won't change things internally. God wants us to be healthy internally and then have outward stuff too. And there is a big difference because if you've got the money, that doesn't mean you're enjoying it and enjoying life. Are you with me? And so we're going to look at some of these things about promotion and how seeking God, and like I said, it's not like a hard set of rules like, I've just got to labor to do this. It's just a walk with Him. It's just a walk with Him just like we would walk with other people. And so, if you will, turn to Proverbs, the third chapter. Proverbs, verse 3, and we're going to get into this about getting wisdom from God. Wisdom from God is a key factor. And you get that from hanging out with God. You get that from inquiring of God. You get wisdom for asking for wisdom. You get wisdom out of his word. You get wisdom from hanging around wise people. And so here in Proverbs, the third chapter in the 16th verse, it says, length of days is in her right hand. In whose right hand? Wisdom that comes from God. In her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. See, people want all the different things, but there is a secret in God that if you want all the things, the best way to get all the things is get them connected to God's wisdom. Because notice, in wisdom's hand, 
And that's what he's talking about, being skillful to apply things. That's how God is, is length of days. Lord, I need healing. You need wisdom. I, I need riches. No, no, you need wisdom. These come out of your relationship with God. Man, I just need some quietness inside. I need pleasantness. I need wholeness. You need wisdom. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are paths of peace. I just need quietness right now. Everybody's bugging me. We need wisdom. It's getting quiet. We need wisdom. Somebody said, no, I need more money. I need more of this. I need more of this. Realize God has wisdom uh, that is incredible, that will help us in every situation. You know, when we were on the mission trip, it, it was pretty warm. I, don't get me wrong, I know it was like 115, 16 here. So, but it was really hot a, at times and uh, very humid at times. It was kind of one of those, I think I was taking about three showers a day. As a matter of fact, there was at one point I thought, I'm going to go up on the roof, and it was late at night, and I thought, no, because I don't want to come back and have to take another shower. I mean, it was, it was hot. It was humid. But we were talking about, you know, just staying hydrated and make sure because we're out on the streets or in hot buildings, and uh, not all the buildings have air conditioning, and they have metal roofs. And um, so you're, you know, you're just wanting to be prepared. And we started talking, and I, and I mentioned there was a minister one time that was in Africa that I knew, and he, he had conveyed the story, how he was just having problems, and, and he had lost strength, and, and, and he didn't know what to do. And he just started praying and said, God, what is going on? You know, I've prayed, and I don't seem to see any change. And the, he said, the Lord just spoke to him real soft inside. Just add a little more salt in your, uh, your diet while you're here. And he started retaining water a little better and everything changed. God has wisdom. God has wisdom. And it may not come that way, but he has so much wisdom to help us in so many ways. I mean, if you need to sleep better at night, he can help you. Are you with me? And sleep a full night. So here, he basically said, if you get wisdom, you're going to get all these other things. And where does wisdom come from? Turn with me to 1 Kings. We're going to probably park here for a little bit and look at the wisest man that ever lived on the earth. Uh, his name was Solomon. The reason I know that is God said he was. But Solomon uh, was getting promoted into this position. He was moving up, and God was moving him into something that he, you know, had been prophesied. And when he went into this situation and was entering this, he, he had this conversation with God, and it, it's real interesting to look at it. 
you know, you could be promoted into a new relationship or entering in or, or looking for one or, or a new job or, you know, anything. And this right here is tremendous. Notice verse 7 in 1 Kings 3. He's moving into this place and the Lord starts talking to him. And he is talking to the Lord. And he said in verse 7, Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. His father is gone. Now he is taking his position. And he said, My father, but I am a little child. He's just saying I'm inexperienced. It didn't mean he was like four years old. He was just saying I'm not as experienced You know, sometimes it's good to just give a good evaluation of where you're at as you're entering into something. And and if you don't know, you don't know. Uh, And if we think we know it all, we probably ought to say, there's stuff I don't know. And so he said, but I'm a little child. I do not know how to go out and to come in. In other words, I don't know how to process things. I don't know how to function properly. He, he was saying there's, there's a better way. My dad did this. I don't know it. Notice verse 8. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Of the speech pleased the Lord. Now, what was he asking? If you read different translations, he's basically saying, God, I, I need more wisdom. I need help. I need help for what you want me to enter into. No matter what in life we are moving into, it is always a good approach and a humble approach to say, God, I need more wisdom. And genuinely mean it. To genuinely say, I need more wisdom. Because you know why? None of us are maxed on wisdom. I mean, I know I'm pretty close. No, that's not even the truth. We all could use a bunch of wisdom. If Solomon was the wisest person and he didn't even have it all, we're somebody, we're somewhere else. That doesn't mean we're unwise, doesn't mean we don't have good understanding of things, but it does mean that we're getting the right perspective that we serve a God who has wisdom that's immeasurable that we can tap into that will enhance our life. And so notice this. Remember the verse we read before? In, in wisdom's hand, in other words, this is what accompanies wisdom, riches, pleasantness, peace, and the list goes on. Notice this. Verse 9, Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge this people that I might discern. Now skip down to verse 10. This speech pleased the Lord. Or you could say as they were talking, God got excited about this. God got excited about this because God knew he had what he needed and he could give it to him if his heart was open to it. And so Solomon asked the Lord, 
of the Lord. He asked him. Verse 11, then God said, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life, but remember what's in wisdom's hand. Long life. Health. Length of days. Because you didn't ask for this. In other words, you weren't just seeking the natural. You were seeking something from me. He said, nor, in other words, you also didn't ask for riches for yourself. Nor have you asked for uh, the life of your enemies to get rid of your problems. Of these people that are attacking and buffeting you. Maybe who were your enemy when you weren't the king. Now I'm the boss. I'm going to go kill him. Nobody would think that though. But obviously it was something somebody would think because the Lord had said, man, he's asking for this when he could ask for all this other stuff. But you have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Verse 12, behold, and, and now Get this, how is this all being distributed to him? It's coming through his relationship of hanging out with God, who's wiser than anything, anybody, immeasurable, and he sees him as the source. He's hanging out with him, saying, God, I need wisdom. Not, I don't need a bigger paycheck Somebody said, I need a bigger paycheck. I want a bigger paycheck. We all want a bigger paycheck. But that's not the issue. I used to say this to different people when I was a superintendent at this company. They would come for a, for a, a raise or whatever, and I would, you know, talk to them about it, and I would say, one thing that you want to do, because sometimes people had enough sense that when the company was super busy, they would come ask for a raise. That's a good time. Because they don't want you to leave. They're already trying to get more people. But it may not always be the best way. Because you may force their hand and they may pay you higher than what you internally have. Then when the company slows down and they're looking at saving money, and they're like, well, they're overpaid for their skill and ability. So, and we need to maybe let a couple people go. And they're like, well, they're, this person does the same thing, but they get paid less. So I would tell these people, listen, you know, I have no problem telling, or there were times I would see people and I'd go, to the owner and say, they need more money. And I would say this, I would say, and it fits this principle. I would tell people, listen, you're going to want to get your skill level up. Because if there comes a time when you leave and you've pushed your salary up and having pushed your skill level up and the wisdom and the understanding you have, you're going to be devoid of a check and you're going to leave without a skill. But I said, if you push your level of your skill up and your wisdom up and how you understand and do things, when you leave, they can take your check, but they can't take that. And wherever you go, you're going to go with that. It will demand something. 
And really, that is what God is saying here. Pursue me. I've got it all. I can get it in you. You're always going to have it with you. And wherever you go, there becomes a value on you. <clears throat> Amen. How do I get it? Just hang out with God. Hang out with people who love God. I mean, just have a genuine relationship. Just have a genuine relationship with Him. What is a genuine relationship? It's not some hard, complex thing with a bunch of rules. Amen. Isn't that the truth? He's loving. He's compassionate. And, but He's powerful. He's strong. He can influence situations. He's just good to be around. And so, verse 12 said, Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and an understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall anyone, remember I said I knew he was the wisest person, right here, anyone like you will arise after you. Now, he didn't ask for what so many were asking, but was he withheld? Or did he just, in his relationship, ask the right thing, that being connected to that right thing, everything was there? Look at this. Verse 13. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches, honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. Then he said, so if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments, as your father David did, then I will lengthen your days. Isn't that interesting? If you walk in this wisdom and walk in this relationship, everything you didn't ask me for, you're going to get. Why? Because it's all attached to wisdom. We already read that. So, is there a reward? You know, the Bible in Hebrews eleven six says, without faith it's impossible to please God. All he's saying is, listen, just respond to God when he deals with you. Without faith, in other words, trust him and follow. Without faith it's impossible to please him, but he who comes to him must believe that he's God, and believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It would be good for us to rest in the fact that if I make a priority on hanging out with him, in not just that's all I do ever, but that I just walk with the Lord, that he said you have to believe he's a rewarder if you put him first. We should believe that God wants to get stuff to us if we just put him first. He wants to enhance every aspect of your life. But that scripture that was quoted earlier, God works in us. He's working in us. God will work in you to promote you so that there is internal pleasure, internal comfort, 
uh, fellowship, a richness with God, so that when you enter in, it's not riches with sorrow. It's not promotion with emptiness. Are you with me? When I lived in the world, I started attaining things that the world said you're supposed to get, but I was empty on the way because the factor of not putting God first. Let's uh, look at two verses, and we're going to close. Luke, the sixth chapter. This one is an interesting verse, talking about getting wisdom. Because if I get wisdom from God, uh, what it does for me is it enhances me. It's a skill. It's an ability. It means the ability to put knowledge into practice, uh, to be skillful in what you do, and to do it. You know, it talks about wisdom is like, you know, a, uh, a sharpened axe, a dull axe takes much strength and you swing away and takes a lot of blunt force to get the job done, could take you a lot longer, but a sharpened axe is like wisdom, less strength, less time, you cut through the wood. Wisdom is that way. It's not just hard work, it's smart work. It's not just long hours, but it's productive hours. You know, I remember when God spoke to me about something that's happening or will happen in the church. I went into this restaurant. I've told this story before, but they, God dealt with me to go there. And this restaurant, and I'm not going to go through the whole story, supernaturally got busier than I'd ever seen it. I knew the owner. I actually even told him, I'll get up from my table. Every table was full. I said, when I was in Bible school, I worked at a restaurant. I could help you. I see what they're doing wrong. And he said, if you had a black shirt, I would let you. And I thought, don't stop me because I have the wrong color shirt. I mean, I'm his friend. You know, I, I could help you. And they were over, oh, and God allowed me to be there. And I remember there were people standing behind me against the glass and I heard them say, well, you know, the food and everything's not as good at this restaurant. Maybe we should just go over there. At least they can handle us. I thought, wow. And God was allowing me. And, and I'm watching, and I happened to be in this one seat that was the furthest so I could see the whole restaurant and see out the patio in the glass area. And, and I'm calling the owner over because he's running, everybody's running. I said, these people didn't get any chips, salsa. You could tell it was Chinese food. <laughs> okay, it was Mexican. And uh, I said, they didn't get any chips. They've been here a while. Those people don't have this. And so I'm watching their people try to function the way they were functioning and they would like go to get somebody water, and they'd take the cup to the back. I thought, no, go get a pitcher. Go get a pitcher of Pepsi. Walk around, pour it, not just on your table. Don't just get one bowl of chips. Get a bunch. And I'm thinking, do this. Do it like this. Well, I had lived in that world. I had gained wisdom. God sees things. And he wants to help us, but we need wisdom for what we're going to enter into and what we're in and what's happening. Wisdom is a huge thing. Once you get it, it will help you immensely. Because we won't just be inward driven, 
will be influenced by God and will see things in a whole new way. You know, he can make your business better. He can make you better. He can make me better. Now, you understand, we know in Christ we're complete. But we need to work that out. Once we work it out, then our value out here becomes better. Our value to him is fixed. He loves you beyond measure. But the world will look at our value based on other factors. And so when we get these factors right, our value goes up in the world. Everybody okay? And these things are important. Turn to Luke 6. I told you to turn there. You're probably already there thinking, when's he going to read this? Luke 6. You've already read the chapter, right? You're like, now what verse? Luke, the sixth chapter. This is a real interesting thing about, about getting personal wisdom through our relationship that then begins to affect others. Anytime we get wisdom in any area of life, no matter what you're doing, if you gain wisdom, you gain value there in the world. Are you with me? You gain value. If I become a medical doctor and there is a void of medical doctors, you know how valuable I become as long as I'm not like a Dr. Jekyll or something or Dr. Frankenstein. Hey, um, but you know what I mean? You have a skill. Anybody who becomes wiser in God becomes uncommon. And, and if I become really wise in one area, uh, I become uncommon. But how many of you know uncommon things that are good become very valuable? You know, like coin. We, we were driving on the mission trip, and one, somebody in the car was talking about how they're studying coins because they ended up getting a coin collection. And they're like, well, you know, if you have this penny... You know, so I'm digging in my pockets. Do I have that penny? Super rare, one in a whatever. And because it's uncommon, it has a bunch of value. And when things are common, that doesn't mean the people aren't valuable, but when you find a commodity in somebody that is lacking, that's needful, oh, you become valuable because you fill a void. And when we gain wisdom in whatever area it is, we, we can fill a void with the skill that we get in God. And I'm telling you, there is stuff in the Bible that would revolutionize our life. As a matter of fact, the Bible said, if you will uh, meditate in his word day and night, ponder it, he said, you'll observe to do it and you will make your way prosperous and have good success because you will crude illustration, juice the wisdom out of the Word of God. So I told you that wasn't the best illustration, but you get what I mean. You know, you squeeze that lemon or that lime. Somebody said, what are you talking about? Back in the old days, you know, they'd, they'd make orange juice. They'd squeeze out. And there's a ton of wisdom in His Word. But Luke, Luke 6, 41. Are you with me? I know this. Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter day by day. That is God's program to make our lives better and better. Not without things coming against us, but he wants us moving up as we walk with him. Notice it's the path. 
walking with him. Luke 6.41 says this, and this is a tremendous verse about getting wisdom. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Most people know these verses. You know that telephone pole? But there is tremendous wisdom here about promotion and, and, and filling a void in society, filling a void where other people uh, are not getting answers or getting results. And what it does, it makes you uncommon and makes you valuable. Notice this, verse 42, or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me be the boss or let me have this position? No, notice what he said. Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye. And he said, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye. Hypocrite. Now, is he trying to be hard or is he trying to help? He's trying to help. These verses right here are awesome. First, remove the plank in your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. What is he saying? Learn. Work on yourself. Walk with me. Let me do something in you where you can become skillful in doing something in your own life. When you become skillful in your own life, you will have that skill. Anybody else you run into who's got this problem, you will already have the wisdom how to deal with it. You will have sight to deal with it. You'll know how to deal with it because it's been worked out in you and you'll be able to skillfully deal with it in somebody else. That's gaining value. That's gaining something. And how did they get this? God revealed, look, this something in your life. He said, you're not seeing it. But you walk with me. He's not trying to be harsh. He's trying to help. And then he, they see, he sees it. He said, when you deal with it, what's going to happen is you're going to become valuable. <laughs> amen. I heard that. But please hold your amens down till the very end, then we'll do them all at once. Amen. No, you were supposed to hold out till the end. Just seeing if you were listening. But think about it. Wisdom makes us effective. Once we get it in us, you're moving up. And the key, walk with God. Take it easy. Don't go home and do what I did when I was little. I was, I was commanded to feed our dog. It was my duty. And as a neglectful kid, I didn't do it for weeks. It's the truth. And I remember my mom telling me, you know, that dog's going to die. I'm like, oh, oh no. So I remember nobody was around. I remember getting the, we had an electric can opener. That was deluxe back then. And we had these big dog food cans. I remember, boom, open one, boom, open another, boom, open another, thinking, how many days has it been? Boom, open another one, boom, open another one. And then I took a bunch of paper plates and put them on paper plates and put them out in the backyard. And I'm like, eat. And the dog wouldn't eat. 
I was trying to make up for something. My mom said, I've been feeding them the whole time because you've been neglecting. But there is an idea. You might not be able to make up for what you haven't done in your walk, but just start and just be sincere and go for it. And uh, you, you're going to start gaining wisdom.